This podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Fandango offers movie tickets and gift cards to over 45,000 different screens across the United States and reaches into nearly 80% of the nation's total theaters. By partnering with virtually every leading film exhibitor like Regal, Cinemark, AMC, and more. So to pick up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, head on over to cityweekly.com slash Fandango or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Superiority's one thing. Proving a point is one thing. What the hell is Tommaso Ciampa thinking? Oh, Jesus, no. No way. No way. It's a brand new episode of What Comes Next, Cinema Geekly's NXT Companion Podcast. It's Anthony and Jacqueline, and we are back to talk a whole lot of NXT. Some of it on USA, and most of it on the WWE Network. So much wrestling. There was a ton, and if you include Survivor Series, which I sort of did by watching some of it, mm-hmm. it was a lot. Uh, but I watched Survivor Series after the fact, so I could just sort of fast forward through a bunch of things. That's the way to do it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, last week I had agreed to just uh, put down notes for the important matches on NXT. And mm-hmm. uh, I forgot and wrote full notes uh, for the show. But we are not going to go uh, segment by segment on this show. Mm-hmm. It was... N- it was built as an invasion show, like uh, Triple H had made some sort of like open challenge. Invitation? Yeah, 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 yeah. And here's kind of what happened. With the exception of, I would say, Zack Ryder, who I saw, uh, like near the end of the show. Who I don't even know who that is. Everybody on this show who ran in from Raw or SmackDown were either... NXT alumni from, like, the past or, like, very recent NXT people. Yeah. Like, the oldest NXT alumni in this uh, that appeared the whole show was Seth Rollins. Can I guess? Oh, dang it. Oh, who were you gonna guess? Was it not I Seth thought Rollins? Cesaro. Uh, uh, him and Seth Rollins were kind of around for about the same amount of time. 
Really quick side note on them, though. My favorite thing about that is uh, there is a table for three with Cesaro, Seth Rollins, and Nigel McGuinness. And Cesaro is enamored by Nigel McGuinness's uh, magic tricks. I wanted wow. to throw that out there. He's like well, a little child, and I love it. <laughs> so this episode was also supposed to be the go-home show for War Games. Which it wasn't. And it was supposed to build Survivor Series, which... I guess if you count a bunch, like a bunch of like blue shirt, red shirt, NXT people brawls in like every segment. Yeah. Then I guess that was a buildup. But we left that NXT episode uh, knowing that there was going to be two NXT Survivor Series teams. And we had no idea who was on any of the teams. We still didn't know who was on Team Champa. No, we didn't even find that out. No, not until the uh, not until the show itself. And I would like to know, I'm going to scroll all the way down in my notes to yeah. Kaylee Ray versus Dakota Kai. Okay. Because this was like... Such a weird match. It was three matches into the show and multiple segments. And the first thing I wrote about this match was first thing on the show related to last week. Mm-hmm. Because everything else up to this, there was a, a Rhea Ripley-Becky Lynch match. There was a Ricochet-Matt Riddle. I, it was a match, but like they went a billion miles an hour because the match was only like you know, six minutes or whatever. Um, yeah. There was a really long revival undisputed era tag team match, but like none of these had too fucking long. Excuse <laughs> my language. I was so mad at that. <laughs> I mean, and I thought it was a good match, but not as good as other people thought it was. But point, point being, I watch NXT for NXT. Like yeah. that's what I want. I want my takeover build. I didn't want any of this other stuff. And it's Part of it is nice to see some of these people back in NXT, but it was... It took away. It took away, and a lot of it was meaningless. Like, Becky Lynch was back, but only to have, like, a DQ ending in her match. And, like, Ricochet came back for a match with Matt Riddle, but it was really short. Uh, Revival and Undisputed Era got, like, a long time, but, you know, I thought it was a little too long. Um, Kaylee Ray and Dakota Kai. So this made sense from last week. Because Kaylee Ray ran in to help Io Shirai win, and Dakota Kai tried to, you know, uh, I think she was the one who ran in and threw Dakota into the stairs. Like, all this made Mm -hmm. sense. So, they had their match, uh, but uh, Dakota did not win. And it also ended, well, this does give me a chance to bring up the one thing you said you did want to mention. Uh, Because there's another big brawl after all of it. Uh, they do they do do like a moment where EO and Kyrie Sane meet face to face again and they don't want to fight each other. Yeah. Uh, brand loyalty like means s- nothing to the loyalty between the Sky Pirates. So they, they stare at each other. Even though they are both evil now, mm-hmm. they do not fight. Uh, but then Nikki Cross comes in at the end and like wipes out everybody. With a garbage can. No, garbage can lit. Yes. Which I, is like the most Nikki Cross thing. Mm-hmm. Ever, right? Like, I just love how in character she is at all times. There like, was... she commits. Oh, Sorry. She commits. Yes, she does. Um, there was also this War Raiders Forgotten Sons match that felt like War Raiders were just going to kill them real quick and then I beat them. But they didn't. They killed them. And then the Forgotten Sons wrestled back and then the match went forever. Yep. And then the War Raiders won. I... I know yeah. that War Raiders isn't their name, but I keep forgetting what it is, so I just keep calling them Viking War Raiders. Viking Raiders. Is it? Yeah, but everyone still goes, war, 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 
report. Yes. I, hold on. I got to look through my notes here. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Even in the even in the notes, I'm like Hanson makes a comeback. Roe mm-hmm. does this. Like I don't even know their WWE names. So I don't remember which one's which, but um, I did write in here though that my new dream match is Ivar versus Keith Lee because I think that would be amazing. Um, Hanson is the He's one the... with the giant beard. Ivar's the one who's not bald. Yeah, so the one with the giant beard. With yeah, yeah that's okay. Hanson. Um, his okay. name is Ivar. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Eric and Ivar. Yeah, but c- think about it. Him versus Keith Lee. Oh, they would, be, would awesome. be amazing together. Yeah, they they have like a little moment at the end of the show as well. Um, yeah. Another thing that w- that uh, was important into the actual build for War Games was. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic and Adam Cole in a ladder match. Uh, the beatings that Adam Cole has taken over the last few weeks. And he's got a cast on a healing fractured wrist. He's is doing... that what it is that? Yes. That is... Yeah, this man took a beating. He's but a I will man. say, neither of them are as badass as Mia Yim in the ladder match from the week before. Oh, Just no. Throwing that out there. This was much but... tamer. Yeah, much tamer. But um, I mean, they did more stuff it, in this match than Mia and Io did, but like nobody took a, a fall as hard in this match as, as Mia Yim's. Yeah, Mia like sacrificed her body. So oh yes, need. good uh, luck, gents. This was as expected uh, a match that Adam Cole ended up winning because the bad guys need to have the person advantage in war games. And. Just as a tease leading up to war games, I think my assessment of who, what the advantage is in war games is accurate. It is actually the last man in is the advantage. It really is, ultimately. Yeah. You get the last. It's like per- baseball, guys. Yeah. yeah. The good guy, the good guy team ultimately gets the last person in. So uh, the most rested person. Yes. yes. That's what you want. Um. So after the match, and they worked really hard. I thought it was a pretty good ladder match. Hmm. Um. After the match, they did more... I wrote here, post-match, more Survivor Series stuff. With Keith Mm. Lee looking really good. He gave, like, a a spirit bomb to Drew McIntyre, and uh, Seth Rollins showed up, and him and Ciampa fought, and Keith Lee and Hanson, or Ivar, did, like, this simultaneous dive onto a a billion people outside. Yeah. They're so badass. Uh, I do like to point out here, for the record, uh, this was on... Wednesday, or maybe it was Thursday morning, I think, when I put these notes down. I Last thing I wrote here was, War Games feels like an afterthought. Yes. Which, but then you get to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it delivered way more than what was mm-hmm. built to. Built up, yeah. So, before we talk about War Games, I don't have a choice, mm-hmm. Jacqueline. I have to. Are you sure you don't have a choice? I don't know what's happening. I don't have a choice. I okay. called the war last week, but the war oh, yeah. is back on. Yep, it flipped. All it of this stopped. all of this uh, main roster wrestlers appearing on the show, uh, them actually promoting it on their shows, allowed yep. NXT for the first time to defeat AEW in total viewers NXT won 916,000 total viewers to AEW's 893,000 total viewers. That was pretty close. Yes. So AEW did not actually drop that far, just a tad bit under 900,000. They were at 957 the week before. NXT jumped huge. They were at 750 last week and jumped 916,000. But 
they're probably gonna go right back down here's the interesting thing and this is the thing we talk about also when we talk about the the war tallies is 18 to 49 year olds 18 to 49 demo and didn't AEW still win that? AEW still won the 18 to 4. They actually won in every demo except for 50 plus. Yeah. So, because it's all the old people who watch WWE. So Come basically on. what happened is a few older AEW fans tuned in to watch NXT and a lot of older fans uh, from WWE tuned in to watch NXT. Uh, now, NXT did do better in the 18 to 49. I think they did a point three zero to AEW's point three nine. Yep. Now, here's the thing that people got kind of in a huff over. So, for us, we're kind of counting, you know, who won by total viewership. But mm-hmm. if you actually look at the television rating charts, NXT was number 14 and AEW was number 8 because they did Ooh. better in the demographic that's important. Yes. So, even though that's they did the one have... that the advertisers look at. Yes. So, even though AEW had fewer overall viewers compared to NXT, they had more viewers in the age range that advertisers and TV companies care about. So, therefore, they were number eight on the evening, and NXT was number 14, despite having a, I think it was like 23,000 more. Uh, but this was like a good number overall. If you add it up, it's over yeah. 2 million viewers. I think, yeah. between the two shows. So that's good. Do you know what I'd be real interested in? And I don't know if this demographic or this number exists, but to see how many women are watching. I feel they, like that would be interesting. Uh, they do. They, uh, I, I mean, knew it. They do break it down by women, and they do break it down by like women in age groups as well, like yep. teen girls and older women and things like that. Those Nielsen ratings, man, they got everyone. Yeah, they're, everybody is... Uh, everybody is pegged uh, in the Nielsen ratings. In fact, uh, a particular journalist a few weeks ago kind of got sort of internet memed in the wrestling community because he was just reporting the demographics, like breaking them down section by section. And it was just the wording. It was something like Matt Riddle, huge with teenage boys or something. Ooh. And (laughs) it just, the wording, the wording sounded kind of gross. Yeah, but basically, like, but basically, like, what he meant was during Matt Riddle's match or segment, like, the number of teenage boys watching the show jumped, like, they're they're interested in Matt Riddle, Uh, but the wording was goofy. But yeah, they do break it down by uh, by like Hmm. gender and all. There's all sorts of demographic breakdowns, and if you if you really want to go nuts into things, they have like segment by segment ratings, so you can find out what matches did the best. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they use it. I'm sure it's important to them to find out, like, you know, wow, more people are oh, tuning yeah. in during Io Shirai matches. Like, we should feature her more, that sort of thing. Um, all right, so let's talk about NXT TakeOver War Games 3, or if you if you so choose, NXT TakeOver Chicago 3. This is their third War TakeOver games. in Chicago, and also the third War Games. Okay. Um, so... We should, yeah, you want to talk about the kickoff match real quick, but it does tie into the yeah. beginning of the show and a nitpick that I have. But they mm-hmm. had uh, a kickoff match. It was Angel Garza and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Which meant that Swerve is not going to be the fourth man on Team Ciampa, most likely. For sure. And uh, sad. They had a pretty good match. I think at times they were a little clunky, but maybe they were a little yes. nervous working in front of a big crowd like that. I definitely think so. Uh, but, I mean, and, they've worked in front of big crowds 
before, like on the indies, but probably nothing quite that large. Yeah, this was a, I mean, it's a pretty big, um, yeah, loud arena, or it's not an arena, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But, and I agree, I think it was a little awkward at some points, mm-hmm. but, um, they do, they did do some pretty cool stuff, um, during the match that, um, yeah, that I enjoyed. Yeah. They found their, they found their footing. Uh, you said, did mm-hmm. you say you took some notes on it? Cause I have nothing. So I, maybe something. I mean, will... Not to the extent that you normally do. Like, I don't know what moves are. Like, sure. let's be honest. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> just fine. Um, I did write in here, um, chop exchange. Come on. We are better than that. Um, <laughs> some cool reversals in this match using the rope that you don't see all the time. Or mm-hmm. at least I don't. I don't know what I'm referring to there. Yes. But I was impressed by things. Um, I like that you saw both of their finisher moves at one point as well. Um, That's Swerves right. is way better yes. than the wing clipper. So Angel kicked um, out of the house call. Yeah. Yes, and um, and Garza won, which mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a choice. I think they're um, still. I think they're still pairing him with Leo Rush again. Pro- which which would make sense. Um, I don't think that feud is over at all. But there is um, that. Twinge of controversy, was... yeah, like how he got his foot Ooh. on the rope. Oh yeah, exactly. So, um, so I thought that this, I thought it was a good way to start off. I thought it was a, um, a great like energy starter, you know, type of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that these guys could, I definitely think these guys are capable of more. Um, like I said, I think it was just a little awkward in the beginning, but um, once they found their footing, um, I thought it really picked up. Okay, so. I don't want to mention the thing that happened after this. Uh-oh. What happened after this? Well, oh, I just, Leo Rush comes out. Well, no. I there's They do like oh, an right. angle before TakeOver starts. And I don't want to talk about it because I want I want you to oh. see what, how, what my experience was watching this show. So okay. I did not know. I, I mean, I guess maybe if I had thought about it for a little bit, it would make sense. Normally when mm-hmm. they do TakeOver's... You know how this goes. They film an NXT TV episode for the next week at the right, takeover. Right. And I you know, that's just how it's been for like the previous twenty six takeovers. And uh I'm sitting here thinking to myself, Well, I'm not really thinking anything. I'm just not watching the kickoff show because I've never watched a kickoff show for a takeover because there's never anything on it. Not really thinking, mm-hmm. like, next week's NXT will be live on the USA Network. They don't need to tape a show in advance. So they have a oh. kickoff match for the first time ever. And I didn't even realize it and skipped it. And they did an angle involving the opening match on War Games. And again, I had no idea. So my notes start with uh, an H, like an HBK-narrated intro video. Like, Shawn Michaels does this voiceover intro for the for the show. And... The first thing we I hear about is Moro says Mia isn't cleared, I guess, and Dakota yes. Kai is on Team Ripley. So I came yep. into this like going like, "What? What happened?" Because I saw Mia, mm-hmm. I yeah. saw Mia on Twitter earlier in the day, and she had she was showing off this uh, face paint thingy she was doing in honor yeah. of a Japanese woman's wrestling legend Bull Nakano. And I'm like, "Oh, cool!" And then she, I'm like, "She's not on the show. Like, what happened between then she- and now?" Got beat up in the pre-show. Yes, which is what I found out when I went back and watched the pre-show. But nobody actually told me this on the show. It's just Mia's out and Dakota's in. And I'm like, 
what? I'm like, my brain went to, well, maybe she somehow didn't get cleared because of the nose or something, but they never really explained it. It felt jarring. Yeah, which part of me kind of thinks it might have been related to that somehow, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I'm not really 100% sure. So the opening match is, in Mm -hmm. fact, the women's war game match. And uh, can, can I can I just say before we start and get into the match, I have a note here that I swear I wrote before this match started. Okay. And I'd like to read it, if that's okay. By all means. I wrote, okay, if Dakota doesn't turn heel by the end, this will be a very disappointing setup. Now we go. <laughs> I wrote that first, like, before anything happened, because I was like... Yeah. I wasn't and even it, I wasn't even thinking it. Because uh, really? I'm like, yeah, I was like... You know, Mia's hurt, so this is my see because my assumption, like I, like if I had known like Mia Yim was beaten up backstage, and I saw the footage beforehand, mm-hmm. where like Dakota is the one who's there, like, oh no, what do we do? Um, like I mm-hmm. immediately, my thoughts would have been like, this was Dakota, but I didn't know any of that happened because they didn't show me any video, and they nobody went into any That's explanation. Fair. So I just thought Mia was legit hurt and wasn't cleared to compete, and they're just putting in Dakota because. We got to put somebody in. I had no idea that they were going to do this here. So, uh, gotcha. the match is Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, and the Fly Kicks: Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai against Shayna Baszler, Kaylee Ray, Io Shirai, and Bianca Belair in War Games. I wrote in all capital letters. So, okay. uh, naturally, Candice and Io start this match. Smartest move. Yes. Uh, they're brawling for a little bit, but Io manages to take control. She hits two Tiger Faint kicks and hits her with a double knees uh, on the divider in between the two rings. And basically, this is all Io for the first five minutes. She just beats mm-hmm. on poor Candace. And then Bianca Belair is the next one in. Obviously, uh, Shayna's team has the ad- War Games advantage. So, uh, in quotes. Yes, Bianca comes in. Candace tries to make a two-on-one com- uh, comeback, but fails. Bianca hits her with multiple power bombs, including one into the cage. She yeah. was like fired up. She was. She came in with like a vengeance. Yes. Uh, Rhea Ripley is the next person in uh, for her team. I just wrote here grabs WWE plunder. So yep. that's just garbage cans, kendo sticks, chairs. Uh, I will say, I have to say, I was really excited to see garbage cans. I don't know why, but I feel like they're an underused prop. I mean, sometimes they look pretty weak, but I got to admit, Rhea made them work for her in this match the few times she used them. Um, They all did, yes. uh, Crowd did not get tables, so they booed. Uh, Yeah, this this crowd really likes tables. (laughs) Yes, they do. Uh, I also noted here that most of Rhea's time was spent throwing stuff into the ring. That's uh, fair, though. That's how you set it up. Yes. Kaylee Ray was the next one in. She has more plunder, including chairs, like a lot of chairs. Uh, yeah, but Jessica talked her out of using a table. Don't know why. Weird. Uh, yeah. Well, the, there is a table complaint to use, or we'll be able to talk about later. I do have a table complaint for later. Uh, okay. Kaylee Ray hits this great springboard DDT on Ripley uh, onto the mm-hmm. chairs. Uh, They do this big Tower of Doom spot where everybody lands on chairs. Uh, Bianca hits a great 450. Dakota Kai is next. And she takes maybe like, I don't know, six, seven steps away from the cage. And then she turns around. And then she gives Tegan Knox a big running boot to the face. 
it's about damn time they did something interesting with and this girl. she is thrashing <laughs> poor Tegan inside of this cage, like, bashing her from side to side. And then she decides to take one of Tegan's surgically repaired knees, puts it in between the bars in this cage, and then just starts, like, slamming the door on this knee repeatedly. Now... And she takes the brace off. Like, what? She takes the brace off. Being vicious here. Now... I need to go back and watch the tape one more time just to make sure I saw what I saw. But I'm just going to read my notes here. Um, I wrote, she gave William Regal a fucking forearm! Exclamation yes. point. Yeah, she did. She hit him. He tried to pull her <laughs> off and she blasted him in the face. I'm like, oh my god, what is happening? Uh, <laughs> she I wrote, went insane. Yeah, I wrote, great turn. I thought this yep. was awesome. It was and, a very good heel turn for the, like that was how it had to happen. Uh, I wrote, um, also I want to oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. oh no, oh, no. One, my note says uh, Shayna applauding Dakota is one of my new favorite things because she was in the other yes. cage, yes. like smiling and clapping, and I thought that was just like yes. weird and fun. <laughs> that was the next thing in my notes. I wrote Shayna applauds yeah. this turn of events. Yeah, she's on board. <laughs> Shayna is then next. Uh, she takes her sweet time walking to the ring. She peeks no in on. No not to. She peeks in on Tegan Knox and she's like, "Oh, she's done." She doesn't even bother doing anything to her. <laughs> uh, and she just takes her time getting to the ring. Uh, by the time she gets into the ring, Morrow tells us that Dakota has been escorted from the building, and Tegan Knox will not be able to comp- uh, to compete. Therefore, the War Games match is starting now with a four on two advantage for Shayna's team. Which I thought was crazy. I really thought Tony Storm was going to come out because she had been announced to be on the Women's Survivor Series match, but mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of glad that they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the good guys, Candice and uh, Rhea, try to make a comeback. I don't know what actually happened here. I just wrote, Rhea is strong. I don't yeah, remember okay. what she did. I have something. I don't... You Maybe you can make sense of this. I have Rhea stopping the DDT and putting Kaylee Ray in the cage is just one of the greatest showings of strength like ever. That's got to be what it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> she tries to DDT her and Rhea holds on and then lifts her up into a suplex and then just kind of hurls yeah. her into the cage. Yeah. Oh, Kaylee Ray took a beating in this match. Yes, yeah, she did. Um, let's see. Where do we go? Uh, uh, then Rhea and Shayna are doing dueling hanging submissions from the ropes. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Shayna's grabbed... Uh, Candace and I think maybe Rhea had a uh, Bianca or something. Uh, yeah. Candace hits her moonsault for a two count. Uh, Bianca presses Candace from one ring into the other. And yeah. then uh, Kaylee Ray picks her up, hits Candace with the gory bomb. EO hits the moonsault, but Rhea breaks it up. Uh, then Bianca gets mad. She starts hair whipping the shit out of Rhea Ripley. And then Rhea comes back with the kendo stick. Yeah, like Can- both Candace, down yes. nasty. Candace does not have a super long braid, so she just grabs a kendo stick and just starts beating Bianca up with this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let me see. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so many notes for all of this. Uh, yeah. EO goes to the top of the cage. Candace follows her. Kaylee Ree follows Candace. And then the camera misses a top rope Poison Rana. Luckily, there are replays of this where they caught it, it like awesome. awesome. Yes. Uh, EO then hits a moonsault off the top of the cage. 
at some point during all of this, uh, I think Shayna had tried to handcuff Rhea Ripley to the ropes. So she yes. has, like, handcuffs on her wrist, but she was never successfully cuffed to the ropes. And Shayna, now that everybody else is wiped out, it's Shayna and Rhea. And Shayna gets Rhea in the Kirafuda clutch. I wrote here, Rhea uses magic to handcuff herself to Shayna. I don't exactly know how she even managed to do this. She did it very seamlessly, I thought. She did. It was very well done. And they're now um, handcuffed together. Uh, yeah. and, Before that, though, sorry, yes. I just want to back up. I don't know exactly what was going on in the match at the time, but Kaylee Ray tried to come in and save Shayna, and she just got a garbage can through, thrown at her. Yes, this was, um, this was this right was the near the use. end. Yeah, yes. best use of a garbage can all night. Yeah. Rhea had, now that she had Shayna handcuffed to her, Rhea had, had set up a chair bridge, and then she put mm-hmm. a trash can on top of that, but then grabbed the trash can to hurl it at Kaylee Ray, who was trying to make a save. And then, awesome. and then she gave Shayna Baszler the riptide through the chair bridge and won this match. Yep. So, baby faces overcoming the odds. And there is now absolutely no doubt that Rhea Ripley will be getting an NXT Women's Championship match. Uh, yes. I thought this match was awesome. What did you think? This was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you talked about EO going off the top of the cage. I just like to uh, say I wrote Holy Lord as my note for that because <laughs> it was freaking amazing. Like, the, like yeah. they really all gave their all. Um, Shayna was kind of not in the match all that much, and I get it. She had a bit, she was going to have a big match the next night. Yeah. Um, but I thought everyone else super held their own. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God. It, and I, I'm almost glad there weren't more people in it because it was like, yes. it just let these ladies shine as mm-hmm. brightly as they did. Uh, I thought, yeah, the, they were crisp in everything they did they did some stuff i'd never seen before all of it mm-hmm. looked really cool the crowd was on fire they did great storytelling yes this is just a, a great match uh what did this you end up giving phenomenal. it i gotta open up this is my this was my favorite match of the night um and i gave it a four whoa okay what because i gave this match four and three quarters wow i wow. love this match this was my match of the night I... too I did, too. I don't know why I didn't go higher. I guess because, I don't know. I was, like, reserved. It's, like, the first match. I'm like, I can't give it, like, a full five yet. Grapple was closer to you, though. They went 4.21. Yeah, I believe it. So, um... There are a lot of four and a halfs. I mean, here's somebody who gave it a five. I mean, I... That makes sense. I don't know if I... For me, it's, like, four and three quarters is, like, there's the intangible space there. I'm not sure what would have made it a five for me, but I just thought it was incredible. One of the better women this, matches in WWE and forever. This was like just a bananas match. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if anyone saw on Twitter after this match, but Johnny Gargano wrote um, something to the effect of, I guess they have to call me Mr. Candice LeRae from now on. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> she was, she was great in that match as well. She that, was on fire. Yeah. They all were. And that was, they were I all just very was like this. It was so, so great. And the heel turn in the beginning, it was just awesome. Uh, Very well. Damian Priest, Killian Dane, and Pete Dunn up next in a three-way. Winner faces Adam Cole for the NXT Championship at Survivor Series. Uh, it's a shame that I didn't get to use this uh, more often because in the notes for the previous episode, I came up with a ship name for them. It's very complicated, but I went with Damian Dunn. 
com- combining Dane, Damien, and Dunn. Damien. Damien Dunn. Man, you thought about that one, huh? Super, super villain name uh, yeah. right there. Uh, three-way wildness early on. That's to say that they're just all hitting moves on each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Killian Dane gives Pete Dunn a Michinoku driver on the face of Damien Priest. Like, he just sits down right on this man's face. Does not look like fun. Um, Dane is doing power moves all over the place. I just wrote, Dane is a big, strong boy. Because uh, yep. he's just hurling two men around at once. And Priest is not a small guy for him to be tossing around with Pete Dunn, who is also yes. not that small. Uh, right. Well, I guess Damian Priest is just tall. I yes. don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not, like, particularly thick. He's not Bronson Reed, but... Um, Pete Dunn makes a one-man comeback. The the bad guys hit a double-team powerbomb on him. I wrote here, crowd mildly boos. So, yeah, as I said, the crowd does not like the three of them punching each other in a circle, and I agree. No, they loved... Uh, they love Pete Dunn. Whenever Pete Dunn yep. is on the offense, they wake up. Uh, yep. There's now a Hoss battle... Uh, between the two big guys, but Pete Dunn again swoops in. There is a three-way collision, and they all fall down. Uh, I don't know what happened here, but I just wrote many camera misses on this show. So I feel like yeah, they're just they were. guys were doing things, and the camera didn't quite catch them. Uh, Priest hits the broken arrow and the south of heaven on Pete Dunn for a two. I don't remember what those moves are, but I remember that those are the names for them. Uh he also, the Broken Arrow is like his big finisher thing. Oh, no, that's, that's the where, Reckoning. The Reckoning oh. is his big move. Oh, what's the Razor's Edge? Have we gotten there yet? He does. He goes for a Razor's Edge on a table, I think, onto Pete Dunn. Uh, Dane hits a suicide um, dive and a cannonball through a barricade on the floor. Uh, he hits Dane with a Razor's Edge on the inside of the ring. That was impressive. That's the one I want to talk about. Like Yes. Because um, I, I said it was, I also thought it was impressive because like you saw him he, like lifting with his core like you actually saw him like use you, muscles. You to saw lift. his core muscles flexing. You did. It was real crazy. I was just like, why are you doing this to your body? <laughs> uh, he's strong. Yeah, I mean, he held him up there and tossed him. Yeah, crazy. It was, it was insane. I was like, do you? He must have a good chiropractor, right? Like that's all I, I think, got from. That. I think they've got a chiropractor on staff, actually. They like, do, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so he hits this razor's edge on Dane, but Pete Dunn breaks it up. Damien Priest then does this crazy dive to the floor where he literally leaps over the top rope. He does like a suicide dive, but instead of doing it between the ropes, he just does he it over the top rope to the outside. He's it, too tall. It was wild, yes. Yeah. This, uh, this is when this match picked up for me. Mm-hmm. Pete Dunn hits a top rope moonsault. I noted here that the crowd is way into him. Uh, yes. Dunn and Priest exchange counters. Killing Dane gets back in, hits the Ulster Plantation on Damien Priest, I think, for a two. Uh, bitter end. Pete Dunn hits, but Damien Priest breaks that up. Uh, several Cyclone boots from Damien Priest, and he goes for the Reckoning and hits it, but Killian Dane breaks that up. Pete Dunn superplexes Killian Dane, hits the bitter end on Priest, but that's broken up by Dane. He then puts a, Pete Dunn puts a sleeper hold on Dane, who then tries to senton Pete Dunn into Damien Priest, but all that ends up doing is putting uh, Pete Dunn on top of Damien Priest's corpse 
and Pete Dunne pins him to win the match. The one thing we didn't mention, my favorite part of this match, Pete Dunne went to go like break Damian Priest's fingers, like stretch him, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Damian Priest literally smacks Dunn's hands away. Like just like no, no. Like, like like he's a cat. Like it was great. <laughs> Bad kitty. I I laughed at that one. <laughs> it's like whoop. Um anyway. The uh I thought the crowd was down at times. It hurt it a little bit for me and Yeah. I thought it dragged in a few areas and maybe they got a little too cutesy at the end with like all of the finishers being broken up. Um, yeah. it felt like the, maybe they were expecting the crowd to be going way crazier for all of this than they were. So mm-hmm. instead of it yeah. being like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. It turned into like, uh, you know, just get to it already. This, I think this isn't part the end. Pro- yeah. I think part of the problem was it, was it was a bit lackluster and also like there literally was no other ending than Pete Dunn winning. No. Like yeah. that was the only person that would make sense to win this match. So, mm-hmm. Any other near fall was just like, all right, this isn't it, you know? So I guess that's maybe where. Yeah. I still liked it more than Grapple, though. So. Well, can't wait to see what Grapple said. Curious to find out what you thought of Dane, me, and Dunn. Um, so the beginning was slow. It definitely picked up once uh, Damien Priest went out of, you know, flipped over the top rope or whatever he did. Um, I gave it a three and a half. Okay, yeah, me too. Three and a half. Okay. Uh, which was a little more generous than Grapple, which went 3.36. Okay, it's yeah. in the same ballpark. Sure. We wouldn't win on prices right, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they announced NXT TakeOver Portland for February. They're going to which Oregon. It's weird. It is a little weird, isn't it? They're, they're doing a... A takeover, a standover, a standalone takeover. Yes, and it'll be on a Sunday, so no. they're not trying. Is to, it really? Yes, and they're not trying. Ew. February sixteenth is a Sunday, and they, which also means that they are not trying to counter program AEW pay per views because AEW pay per views are only on Saturdays. Saturdays. So, oh my God, really? Valentine's Day weekend? WWE? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Oh, what a! I couldn't think of a more romantic evening to spend with your loved one. To be fair, I saw uh, Deadpool as a Valentine's Day date one year. So, but you fine. know what? That's a sweet movie at its at its core. <laughs> it has its moments. Yeah, anyway. there's some love in that movie. There's a lot of love in that movie. <laughs> um, you know, I also want to note that this was not part of the show. I found out about this later. Uh, the January Royal Rumble show, the Worlds Collide thing. Yeah, uh, you mean Survivor Series two? Yes. They've now well they've now announced that Ooh. it's not Survivor Series two. Worlds Collide is going to be NXT versus NXT UK. So oh. it's going to be a specialty show where it's NXT versus NXT UK. So if you've That's ever wanted to see a freaking takeover. Now but but hear me out here. I Imperial would very, versus Undisputed Era. Yeah. Or I would very much like to see Walter and like Keith Lee. That would be okay. I just want to see Keith Lee like throw Walter around. That's all. Um, mm. Up next, Finn Balor and Matt Riddle. Uh, so they tried to pretend that there was a a good long build for this match, and they did so uh, by presenting what I thought was actually a really good promo video. Like I watched the video yes. they did for this. I'm like, this is really good video. Yeah, the editors were on point there. 
yeah, they really managed to stretch like what was essentially nothing and make you kind of think that they actually had a story they were telling here. Yeah. Um, so these two are testing the waters with each other early on in this match, uh, trading some momentum back and forth. I, I wrote here, it felt like they might be going long, like how slow they were hmm. going at first, but they mm-hmm. didn't. They ended up uh, no. picking up the pace. Uh, in fact, uh, Finn was the one who picked up the fa- uh, the pace first. Paste. Yep. The pace, he picked it up, uh, worked over Matt Riddle for a while. Uh, I note here, Moro with a rare incorrect fact. Oh, what so, did he say? Uh, I think they were talking about war games and cages, and he's like, Finn Balor has like this, uh, like, you know, he, he knows all about this kind of thing. Like, he uh, he was in a cage match at NXT TakeOver The End, and he beat Samoa Joe. And I'm like, actually, no, he didn't. Uh, oh. In fact, that was one of the rare times that the demon Finn Balor, when he's in face paint, lost a match. He almost never loses. Oh, but yeah. Samoa Joe gave him a muscle buster off of the, like, second rope or something and and beat him. This was, like, right near the end of Finn Balor's run. He was about to go up to the main roster. So gotcha. Morrow incorrectly noted that Finn Balor won that match, but he did not. Um, mm-hmm. Matt Riddle mounts a comeback, but Finn cuts him off. He goes for his Pele kick, but Matt Riddle catches it in an ankle lock. Uh, goes for a German uh, to Matt Riddle. He hits him with his German, but... Matt Riddle gains Japanese uh, pro wrestling fighting spirit and bounces back up to his feet, screams and grabs uh, Finn and hits him with a ripcord knee and tries to pin him, but Finn hits a a stomp, not the coup de grace, but a a stomp on the ground. Uh, Finn hits him with a shotgun uh, dropkick, or he tries to, but it's blocked with a Goldberg spear and a jackhammer for a two, although Moro Ronaldo calls it the bro hammer, so we may have to call it that going forward. (laughs) Um, He goes for the bro Derek, but it is blocked, and Finn hits the 1916 for a two. Uh, Finn goes for the bloody Sunday, but that is blocked into a bro to sleep, and the crowd chants for CM Punk because they're in Chicago, and he used the go to sleep as his finisher for quite some time. And he is incorrectly considered to be working for WWE right now. He is working for Fox on a show that they are producing with WWE, but he's under but contract to Fox. People always want CM Punk. I don't know why. I don't know anything about him, but that's another story for another day. Yeah. Uh, long story short, pretty good wrestler, really great promo. Like a, mm, Makes sense. A, like a great one. Uh, like a Zach Gibson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, floating bro. Uh, attempt, but the knee... You just love all these bro names. I do. <laughs> the floating bro, but Finn gets his knees up, hits the John Woo drop kick, and uh, tries to do the coup de grace, but Riddle catches him in the bro mission on the way down. Finn gets to the ropes. Uh, Riddle goes for another knee strike, but it is blocked, and Finn hits the bloody Sunday for the win. Finn Balor gets the win. Uh, he keeps saying you know, get ready for the prince or whatever, but I, maybe that's just a catchphrase or something. Cause I don't, they don't call him the prince. They don't call him Prince mm-hmm. Balor. Although they should, that's an awesome name, but yeah. Uh, what did you prince think of Finn. <laughs> prince Finn? Uh, <laughs> what did you think of, uh, Finn and riddle? Um, yeah, I agree. It was very slow moving at the beginning. Um, 
And I really thought, like, so this was, like, Finn Balor's, like, comeback match. I really mm-hmm. thought he would have been the one early on um, that would have um, kind of dictated it. Um, mm-hmm. And I was really surprised that that wasn't how the match just kind of started. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There was something about this match. It just... It was very standard, and this doesn't make much sense. I don't, I don't know, but I, I was hoping for something a little bit grittier, mm-hmm. like something more. I, I don't know. I, I mean, just think it, it, it think, wasn't like great the, to me. Okay, I mean, I don't think the buildup really warranted them being super gritty about it. I mean, and I even understand no, Finn being cautious at first because Matt Riddle is very dangerous, but no, and I get that. I guess my thing was that like. We've we've had Finn Balor built up though, right? Like he mm-hmm. hasn't been in a match. He just comes in and like maybe will kick a person here or there, whatever the case may. Be. Yeah. But like, so I just think like from him, who he is now, who his character is, mm-hmm. like we would have seen more something else. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I don't know. I just it 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 let down a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Uh, I feel like we're on opposite ends of the spectrum here, so I can't wait for yeah. the scores. I didn't. I didn't give it a, a horrible score, but I just. I guess I really just was hoping to see something like great, and this was not there. Okay. This was good. It was fine. It's average. Okay. Whoa. Average. It really made me think, like, man, if Johnny Gargano was in the match, it probably would have been awesome. Like, like two, I, like, I two hate... and, like two and a half average. No, I gave it a three. Oh, okay. Which is basically average. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's a, it's like it's like a half step above average. I mean, if you want to get mathematical about it, yeah, it's a half step yeah. above average. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I really liked how this went. I mean, it was going slow at first, and I'm like, oh boy, this could be going like real long by the way they were kind of mm-hmm. feeling things out at the beginning. But uh, that turned out to not be the case, and they really picked things up. And I thought Finn looked the only time Finn looked as good to me as maybe when he did that first UK takeover and he had the match with Jordan Devlin. Oh yeah, that was a good, it just feels like when people are outside of that main roster bubble and they go into the NXT bubble, Mm -hmm. it just like they're something about them. They're a little bit more free They're They wrestle differently. Uh, they do things they don't normally do in their matches. So like Finn never does the bloody Sunday move on. He never really did that in WWE, like on Raw or SmackDown or any of the pay-per-views. But he did do it a few times in NXT and has been doing it quite a bit since coming back. So I don't even know what that is. I can't wait to fi- figure it out. Oh, the Bloody Sunday. That's the move that he beat Matt Riddle with. So that's the it's like the brain buster, but he doesn't put the arm around his own neck. He uh, like... I don't even know what that means. I'll Google it. Yeah. I mean, you'll see it. I mean, well, Bloody Sunday. Well, if you just Google Bloody Sunday, it I'm, might be I about know, the Irish war thing, but. I, yep. I know. I, I, I know enough. I know more about Irish history than wrestling moves. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, so, I mean, it's the move that he beat Matt Riddle with in this match and the one that he gotcha. killed Johnny Gargano with on the ramp. Um, that's the Bloody Sunday. Oh, yeah. that, that one where they're on their head and it looks super terrifying. Oh, yes. Uh, gotcha. So you gave this a three. I gave this a four. I thought this was great. Uh, and Grapple, right in the middle, 3.54. Dang, Grapple. Mm-hmm. No help tonight. Yeah, they're playing the middleman here. They don't want us to fight too much. I know. Uh, trying to play peacekeeper here. Um, <laughs> Moro says Tegan Knox is heading to a medical facility. So, like, a, a veterinarian... Uh, a walk-in clinic. Who knows? 
any medical facility. She's going. It could be any of those. What a mystery this yeah. is. Yeah. This is apparently because Vince McMahon does not like the word hospital. Oh. You'll never hear the word hospital in hospital. WWE. You'll always they hear don't... medical facility. Why don't you just say doctors? Yeah. Well, I mean, look. Going to see the doctors at, at the Survivor Series. They were talking about Chad Gable, and because Vince hates the word wrestling or wrestlers. They said Chad Gable was an Olympic athlete instead of saying oh. an Olympic wrestler because that's what he was. Jesus. But because Vince hates that word, they referred to him as an Olympic athlete. Um, God, Vince, Vince just he's so he neurotic. Old folks' home. <laughs> uh, main event, undisputed era: Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish against Tommaso Ciampa, Dominic Dijakovic, Keith Lee, and nothing. There's only three, yeah. although he said there would be four. And the rules, I would like to... S- oh, go ahead. I was going to say, the rules state that they must be locked in the cage, but there was no fourth man locked into this cage, so... There wasn't. So, of course, going into this final match and not knowing who the fourth person's going to be, we're all guessing, we're all guessing. Mm-hmm. I would like to say, I guessed this one right before the match even started. Oh, got interesting. It. Okay. Got it. Uh, and I'll tell you afterwards how I figured it out. Okay, well, I'm fascinated, because yes. I had no idea. I honestly wasn't sure what to expect. I know that Triple H said it would be epic. I don't know if who it ended up being. I don't know if I'd qualify that as epic, but no. it was good. It was a good choice, for sure, and the yeah. crowd loved it. Uh, so Tommaso Ciampa and Roderick Strong start. No fourth guy comes out, I note. Uh, same formula as before. Roderick beats on Tommaso for about four and a half minutes. Oh, wait, we really need to say, though, we have to talk about Ciampa's swagger walking to the cage. Yes. Like, he didn't even bother to get locked in the the, the no. little cage. He, just he like, was starting this you're, match. Yes. You're in there. I'm in there. <laughs> yes. Anyway. And he had his crazy Punisher mask thingy on, which I don't think he's ever worn in WWE before. That's a thing that he wore on the independents quite a lot. Oh, cool. I was wondering what that was. So that's like a new thing. Uh, during during this beating down, where Roderick is beating on uh, on uh, Tommaso, they kind of like cut back every now and again to like the stage, and you see like the team's reactions as they're locked in the cage, and mm-hmm. the undisputed era, they rule so hard. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly, you can hear Kyle O'Reilly saying, "Breathe, breathe," and then you don't see him, but you hear Adam Cole go, "Quote." Hey, that's a good idea. He says, hey, that's good advice. Breathe. <laughs> what? Yeah, Is that really what they were sa- Who are they saying that to? <laughs> they're apparently trying to shout it to Roderick Strong down the ramp and in the ring. <laughs> Telling him to breathe. They're trying okay. to coach him from on the stage. <laughs> I loved it. Um, oh, my God. These guys are so extra. Kyle O'Reilly is next. Uh, and he and Roderick grind Ciampa down some more truly getting pulverized until Dominic mm-hmm. Dijakovic comes in. He smashes everybody, and now it's a fair fight for a moment anyway because Bobby Fish comes in, and the momentum changes again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would noticed... like to say, though, Go ahead. I thought Kyle O'Reilly and Dominic Dijakovic, even given their ridiculous size difference, mm-hmm. one-on-one when they were together in, in the war games, I thought they were very good together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, they have this exchange that I've noticed this is like the second time now that I've 
I've I've written down something that undisputed era members say in the match that have been picked up on audio. After this Roderick Strong Dominic Dijakovic exchange, Roddy shouts, "Feast your eyes, you dork!" At yes, <laughs> Dijakovic. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, fighting words from Roderick Strong in the middle of this war games. <laughs> Called him a dork. Uh, Keith Lee comes in. He beats up everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. However, three on one eventually takes its toll. Tommaso Ciampa starts trying to make a comeback, but it is for naught. Adam Cole mm-hmm. then comes in. Uh, this may be an exaggeration, but I wrote here, pulls out 100 tables. Just a little bit, yeah. But the crowd was, like, cheering him on. They were, I think they were chanting tables the whole time. Yes. Now, here's a major criticism. Mm-hmm. One of these tables, Adam Cole picks up, and instead of putting it into the cage, <laughs> he sets it up against the barricade for discernibly no good reason. Other than for him to go into later. Yes. <laughs> so after he's thrown in the rest of the tables, he tries to climb up the steps to get into the cage. But Tommaso Ciampa meets him there and, like, clocks Adam Cole and sends him flying off the steps through the table that he set up that he didn't bother to take down or put into this cage. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. Uh <coughs> However, uh, Tommaso Ciampa uh, made sure to not exit the door because that could be uh, deemed as escaping the cage, which would forfeit mm. the match for his team. Uh, it was very, yes. I just wrote here, what was Cole thinking here? Yeah. <laughs> um, I would like to say before this, too, something that I believe Morrow brought up. Um, mm. they, they, um, the announcers said um, something to the effect of the rivalry between Liam, uh, excuse me, Keith Lee and Dijakovic still going on. Yes. So um, I'm very happy about that, that this is not just something that we are skating over, that uh, hopefully mm-hmm. after this, now we'll get back to our regularly scheduled program between the two of them. Yes. Anyway. Um, the teams face off and then start brawling with each other, uh, but Undisputed Era, of course, have the advantage and kind of flatten them. When music plays over the speakers, and it is that... Of Kevin Owens, he is the fourth Called man. Called it, and uh, they went the uh, the full nine yards on this because Kevin Owens came out in his old Kevin Owens NXT T-shirt, and they mm. even gave him the Kevin Owens NXT video, like the the Tron video that they play up there. It's not the his, the current one that he uses; it's the one that he had when he was in NXT. So they went to the extra links mm. here. Um, so I got to know, how did you? How did you come about thinking this was going to happen? Yes. Um, it's real easy, folks. So, um, first of all, I had seen on, you know, my news source Twitter um, mm-hmm. that um, Triple H had offered to Kevin Owens to come back to NXT anytime he wants. And ah, then yes. in the video pack, so keeping that in mind, which happened earlier in the week, mm-hmm. in the video package leading up to this match, you see Undisputed Era take out Kevin Owens. And I'm like, that's it. That's who's coming. Um, huh. Yeah. I am so proud of you. <laughs> like I, did, I know, right? I did not read into any of that. And you're like, oh, that makes sense. It's probably Kevin Owens. Like, look at all the stuff like, they're doing with him. Yeah, I'm like, clearly Kevin Owens is the fourth person. <laughs> and voila, he was. I'm like, who's it going to be? Uh, they totally fooled me. Uh, I knew it the whole time. Granted, I did not know what his entrance music was, so when they start playing it, I was like, yes. what's happening? And everyone's like, oh, you're right. <laughs> like, yes. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Bask in my glory. <laughs> Kevin runs wild. He hits a stunner on Adam Cole for a two count. 
Uh, Lee and Dijakovic, uh, well, they failed to launch Roderick Strong. Something happened here. They, it looked like they were yeah. going to throw him from one ring to the to the next, and mm-hmm. Roderick barely made it through this alive. Uh, somebody yes. slipped somewhere. Um, yeah. Dijak hits a moonsault for a two. Bobby Fish breaks it up with a moonsault that he and the cameraman both miss. Like, I don't think Bobby Fish connected with this moonsault, and the cameraman did not really catch it. No, it it wasn't very good. Uh, Ciampa hits the fairy tale ending, and there's a swanton by Kevin Owens for it, too. Uh, Roderick Strong hits Keith Lee with the Roddy Slam off the top rope. We can do better than that name. The, well, I think he called it the Strong... Moro called it the Strong Slam here, but... Yes, we could still do better than that. Yeah. Do you have a better name? We are, or? Not yet, but You're we are better than this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> workshopping names right now. Yes. Uh, Kevin Owens runs wild again. He tries to give Adam Cole the package pile driver on the divider. Uh, yeah. Cole blocks this and then goes for the Panama Sunrise on the divider, but KO fights it a couple of times. But Cole manages to hit it and drills him in this divider. Look, the two of them worked very well together in a mm-hmm. very small area of the ring. I don't know yes. if they know each other or whatnot, but like, oh, they, yes. that was impressive. They do. Okay. Yes, they were, in, they were in a faction in Pro Wrestling Gorilla, which is my favorite professional wrestling company name. Um, okay. That's sort of, think of them as like the hip, cool underground wrestling promotion. Uh, okay. Like all of these guys made their like made big names in PWG. In fact, they still run shows to this day. Uh, a lot of the people who started in PWG now run AEW. And oh, interesting. So PWG uh, okay. still runs shows, and WWE still regularly send scouts. Like William Regal regularly attends PWG events to scout new talent hmm. and things like that. So these these two were in a faction called Mount Rushmore. Uh, <laughs> so. Yes, they know each other very well. Uh, okay, see, I could tell that just from that little exchange there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, uh, God, I'm becoming a wrestling person. <laughs> uh, Champa mounts a big comeback. Adam Cole escapes to the top of the cage. He's really got to stop doing that in War Games matches. Uh, maybe one day he'll learn. Doing that in cages in general. Remember when we saw him with Johnny Gargano last time? Come on, Adam. Yeah, stop climbing nothing. cages. And it's always the like the upper left hand corner as well. Same corner every time. You gotta. It's, it's his it's comfort spot. But it's cursed. Clearly, as we were about to <laughs> he find knows out. where to go for the camera angles. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Cole escapes to the top of the cage. I just wrote here, dudes go through tables. Yeah, I, there was like nothing happening, and then all of a sudden, all of Undisputed Era went through table. <laughs> and then the end of this match, probably one of the scariest things I've ever watched. Ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ciampa goes up to the top with Cole, and they're fighting on top. And Ciampa picks him up in air raid crash position. We've seen him do this to Johnny Gargano a bunch of times in their matches. We've seen Johnny Gargano do it to Ciampa uh, many mm-hmm. times in their feuds, and they throw each other off of things in this move, but never this high up. Essentially, mm-hmm. Ciampa's back is to the ring and Cole is on his back upside down and mm-hmm. all Champa has to balance himself are these two chains that appear to be on a, like a rotating uh oh, yeah, system it yep. did not look sturdy well once the cage comes down the pulleys get lock, locked into place so yes. there is that 
but this did not look like something particularly like strong for him to get like great balance on. And I'm just sitting there with like my fingers in my mouth, like just trying to, I was terrified. And then of course, Champa gives Adam Cole an air raid crash off the top of this cage through two tables. He tried to protect this man as best as he could. This landing looked brutal. Yeah, uh, Moro Ronaldo protected his head. Moro Ronaldo so mortified by this. His call was not "Mamma Mia." I think it was something along the lines of "Jesus, no!" He like <laughs> screamed this like all the way down. It was amazing, and Champa is dead, and he is laying on top of the also dead Adam Cole, and he gets the win. And yep. they cut to the crowd to show a concerned face. And it is none other than Britt Baker. Britt Baker. Which Mauro Ronaldo actually announces, like, acknowledges her on TV, which is kind of crazy. Because she's, you know, part of AEW. the enemy, right? She's an AEW wrestler. Uh, it's crazy for him to acknowledge that that's Britt Baker, Adam Cole's girlfriend. Like, And she looked worried. Yeah, I think we all did. Um and I cannot say this enough. I had I have this in my notes about three times mm-hmm. that Adam Cole still has to wrestle Pete Dunne the next night, and he is putting his body through all of this crazy shit. Honestly, like, holy hell! Yeah, and honestly, Adam Cole did not appear on Survivor Series the next night. He did have taped ribs, but he did not appear to be nearly as banged up as you'd think he would be right? from a match like this. Like you're like, where are your bruises? <laughs> How are you? Yeah. How are you not like hobbling to this ring? Like Pete Dunn should like hit you once and you should just crumble to the ground. Pete Dunn did tweet out the next night. Adam Cole's dead. I win by default. <laughs> oh, did like he? That. That's yeah. hilarious. Again, it's my news source. Oh, um, that's awesome. I wish I had seen that. That's so funny. The, oh my God. The one thing I will say too about this match, I was, I was genuinely surprised at how much of a beating Kyle O'Reilly did not take. Yeah, that's a nice, a good, you know, all things considered, not a bad night for Kyle. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, He basically had the night off. (laughs) I mean, I can't believe everything Adam Cole has put himself through in the last few weeks. Like, he's been wrestling on SmackDown and on Raw for like two weeks and did a ladder match and did this crazy match and then wrestled the next night again. Part of me almost thinks, though, like, I understand, like, in WWE, you know, maybe they're not they don't feel like they can say no, but I feel like part, like just seeing what Adam Cole has done and like things he's like reading about things he's been through in the past. I genuinely think he just is happy to do it. Like in a weird way. They he's love like, it. This yeah. Is, yeah. He's like, this is my life. Like it's um, the weird, it's the weird <laughs> thing about wrestling is somebody who right. was, you know, quasi involved in it for a while. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's super weird. Like wrestling is yeah. one of the only professions where you and your friend, like an actual friend have fun thinking of ways to beat each other up. Yeah. It's like, they take pride in like how well they can beat each other up. It's so weird. But the thing is like, you have to trust your folks so much. Like, like yes. there, there's an amazing amount of trust between um, Champa and Cole to be able to do Un- that. Like yeah, I, would, not- I would say unreal amounts of trust. Yeah, like, maybe your spouse is the only person I would trust that much, or my mom, Holy you know? Like, moly, that's yeah. it. Like, like, I didn't know what they were going to do, but I did not expect <laughs> Adam Cole to be like, yeah, go ahead, hang me upside down on your back on top of a cage, and then throw yep. me off. 
that's fine. We'll Crazy. figure this out. Like, Lunacy. Um, he, like, like when they were storyboarding this out, he was probably like, no, 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 no. Let's go to the full top of the cage, not the rope. Come think, on, guys. Do you think he tells Brit before that this is what they're going to do? I can't no. imagine he does. I don't. I don't know. I, Maybe. I like, I'd be like, be like, I would be like, dial the nine and the one and then wait to put the other one in. Um, Yeah. Uh, I expected a lot of the conversations, like afterwards we see like the ref kind of sneak over out out of frame, but he grabs Cole's hand because they do the old hand squeezy, like, are you dead? Squeeze my hand. Are you okay? Um, Oh, is that what they do? Yeah. uh, Usually they try to do it out of frame, but it's kind of like after a gigantic move, it's sort of just like a a small cue to let the referee know that they are all right. Um, and I am sure like when Keith Lee came up to Tommaso Ciampa, I'm instead of like, I'm, we couldn't hear what he's saying. I presume he's like, how is he okay? It (laughs) is probably like the question I'd want to know the answer to, but I thought this was the second best match on the show. I really liked this. Wasn't as good as the women's match told way more story. This match was way more daring and did way crazier stuff, but not as good as the Ah. women's match. I will say, I think EO's flip off the top was way more impressive. I think this was just like, what way are more you dangerous. doing to yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think, in all honesty, kind of shows the difference between men and in general. Like, no. <laughs> Recklessness. Right? <laughs> like, yes. I think if you ever want to understand the difference, just watch these two mm-hmm. matches. They showed um, that EO moonsault, by the way, in slow motion, and because EO is so small, in slow motion, it looked like she fell like a thousand feet. Yeah. Like, it looked like she was just falling sense. forever. <laughs> it was awesome. It is pretty cool. Anyway. No, I thought this was good. Um, yeah, and, and I really thought that, the like, the teams worked well together. So, mm-hmm. um, for um, Chompa's team, not the four of them not really working um, together previously. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Keith Lee and Dijakovic have worked against each other together. Yes. And so, they know each other well enough, but... Um, I thought I thought it was successful in that regard. Um, no big surprises. I think I expected Champa's team to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I expected this to be also a slower match, knowing all of Undisputed Era had to wrestle the next night. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean, this all made sense. The two big War Games matches ended in ways that set up challengers for the championships yes. at the next Takeover event. It makes perfect sense. Oh, absolutely! Because now that War games is over champa's going after goldie so let's let's let the man have his match yeah you might even be able to spin off a couple of other things maybe they'll have lee and dijakovic go after the tag titles uh that could be fun no not a fan of that maybe i don't well i would do like kyle o'reilly and dijakovic together i just don't like bobby fish like is that a problem (laughs) knee jerk bobby fish <laughs> I mean, I was real happy when Kyle was in there with Roderick Strong. I'm like, oh, I love these guys together. Yes. He's okay with Fish, too. They're just not as good as Kyle and Roddy. I believe, yeah. So, I thought they whatever. were the superior tag team. Anyway, uh, what did you give the main event? I gave it three and a half. Wow. Okay. So, you were you were pretty harsh on these War Games matches tonight. I went <laughs> four and a quarter on this one. No, this was nowhere. No, the women's match to me was like in a different realm. 
Well, I mean, you know, entertainment value. I gave wise. this four and a quarter, and I gave the women's match four and three quarters. So oh, okay, that's fair. I, I thought you gave four and a half. No, never mind. I, I take I, it back. <laughs> uh, grapple four point zero nine. That's too high <laughs> for the main event. Uh, they they did give the women's match was the highest rated score of the show, which is correct. Yeah, um, it was great. I honestly, yeah, and this match. The one thing you know about Takeover, of course, is that it's never too um, unbearably long. But I think for mm. me, just you know, the end, the the last match really needs to like hold my attention really well. Yes, or, um, when they start pulling out like a bunch of tables and stuff, it really slows things down and. All that time yeah. they took waiting for Kev to get to the Kevin Owens moment, like there's definitely yeah, so some slow spots for sure. There were, so I think that it just didn't, it wasn't as gripping to me. I, think, I also think Dakota Kai's heel turn was like one of my favorite things of the night. So. It was so good. Yeah, I think these two War Games matches, though, I think are better than the previous two War Games matches on the previous War Games uh, events. I think that's. I've only seen the one most recently before The one with, this. like, Ricochet, where he does the, the double moonsault off the top of the cage? Yeah, because that was insane. That was insane. And that was a pretty good War Games match, but it, too, went on forever. I think longer than yeah. the men's match this year, so... Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Let's, and you know me. When it gets too long, I just tune out. <laughs> let's briefly talk Survivor Series. Did you watch it or no? I watched parts of it. Okay. Uh... Are we going to go through the whole thing, or are we going to no. jump around a little bit? I'm just going to make some casual, off-the-top-of-my-head notes, things that just stuck out to me. Um, mm-hmm. NXT won the night, by the way. They won four matches. SmackDown won two. Raw won one match. Which was weird to me, but okay. Well, last year, Raw won all seven matches. Oh, that's even weirder. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this year, slightly more... Evened out, I suppose. Um, I thought the... Uh, well, first, the the pure NXT match on the show, Pete Dunne and Adam Cole, I thought was really good. How much of that did you get to see? I, th- I think I watched most of it. It was very good. Um, I don't, I, so, I want to ask this, though. I'm glad we're bringing this up. Because mm. is it true? Because Michael Cole said that Mauro Ranallo blew out his voice the night before. Oh, and that's boy. why he couldn't be there. No. On Sunday. It's that, not that is not true. Um, okay. So <clears throat> I know he's I know he's had a past with like main roster folks, so I wasn't sure if they were so, just trying to So what happened here is uh Moronalo, even before War Games. I don't know if you know this, but he's uh like a like a voice for um like uh mental UFC? health. No, oh. no, no, like, uh, well, I mean, he is a combat sports announcer and stuff, too, but he's, like, a, he's an advocate for mental health. He's... Uh, yeah, he has, like, um, bipolar disorder. Yeah, he has, like, right? severe bipolar disorder. They did a a really fascinating documentary on him called hmm. The Bipolar Rock and Roller, and hmm. it's a fascinating, but also, you know, if you know Moronalo is, like, the happy, just full of energy, like, this documentary pulls no punches like you get to see him at his worst mentally like oh, he wow. wanted he wanted people to see it so people could see what it can be like and it's that makes sense. heartbreaking to see him like struggling at times and like there's like a clip of him like after calling a show and he's reading the positive messages 
and he's just like these people are just being assholes like because he thought he did bad um and uh he tweeted even before this that he was having um or that he was having kind of a rough weekend and okay you know he's hoping like you know, he didn't have like a bad episode or anything because he was on such a high from the War Games show uh, mm-hmm. that you know it can be easy when you're f- feeling such an extreme feeling that you could fall pretty far, real fast. Yep. And uh, it was actually, I think it was tweets from Corey Graves, the other announcer guy. Um, you know who he is, right? Yeah. Uh, so he basically sent out this tweet that like essentially insinuated that Moro Ronaldo was like like railroading like Nigel McGuinness and Beth Phoenix like he talked too much they didn't give Nigel and Beth a chance to shine in the show like it was too <sighs> much Moro and he was kind of like critiquing him on Twitter about this and I mean you're free to have your opinions and stuff but I think it hurts more when it's coming from a colleague and yeah. You know, Moro, another thing I learned from watching that documentary is that he, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's big. He's a big personality, but he doesn't try Mm -hmm. to take things over. You know, he wants to be giving. He's trying to, you know, so if anybody was going to be critical of this, if anybody thought he was taking too much, it would probably be Moro. Well, as a result, Moro, because of this uh, and because of how Twitter is like. You say yeah. some stuff, and then people will jump on that, and then oh, so no. he deleted his Twitter and <gasps> did not go to the show. He's okay, as far as I know, like nothing bad okay. happened. Um, but he did not want to go to the show. I guess he's going to be back on Wednesday uh, to call the show. But I saw That's a lot a- of I saw a lot of people like writing support and stuff for him afterwards, and a lot of people were pretty pretty upset at Corey Graves about how he handled this. Like it's, I don't think he was trying to bully more Ronaldo. I think he was kind of giving a kind of a dickish opinion uh, in a dickish kind of way, but you know, an opinion, I don't think he was trying to bully him, but there's a lot of things I think you need to take into consideration when somebody has very well-known mental health issues. Yeah. Um, Jeez. Okay. You know, uh, and it's, it's blown up quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, this was how they tried to cover for Moro not being there by saying that, you know, he, it was such an emotional night that Moro blew out his voice. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the podcast recap people I listened to actually, uh, know Moro personally and worked with him in Canada for a time. And they're like, as long as I've ever known Moro Ronaldo, he's never lost his voice. So he's like, I knew that was (laughs) bullshit like right away. Uh, but yeah, so that's why he wasn't calling that match. But that match was pretty good. Would have been better if Moro Ronaldo was calling it instead of Michael Cole. Uh, Absolutely. But I like that they had um, Beth Phoenix, I think, was almost on the whole show. Mm-hmm. She was on there quite a bit. And I like that she was the one um, from um, NXT yes. uh, that they had on the call team. I thought that that was a smart Adam Cole somehow reversed the bitter end into a Panama sunrise. That <laughs> yeah, was bonkers. He's <laughs> that was bonkers, and then he hits him with the the last shot to to win and somehow survive and retain his title. Now, yeah. there's a lot of. I hope that guy gets a week off. Sorry, <laughs> I had I had some problems with the rest of this show though, uh, as it relates okay. to NXT. So mainly just the Survivor Series teams. So yep. made the, no sense. The women's Survivor Series team, I think, was Rhea, Candice, 
Bianca, Io, and Tony Storm. Yes, that is correct. And now, apparently, when Rhea announced this team, she gave reasons as to why everyone was picked, and they all made sense. Like, even though they were fighting against Bianca and Io, that, you know, they were tough, they proved how tough they were, and she wanted them on her team, and she wanted Tony Storm on her team because they've battled over the NXT UK women's title, and they know her very well. She's known Tony Storm for a long time. They were both from Australia, so, like, that's why she wanted Tony, and obviously Candice stuck with her in the War Games mm-hmm. match, so that's why she... So the, why Rhea picked them made sense, but they were booked in this match to be heels, I think. Like... Who? Uh, the NXT team, NXT team, the way the way stuff sort of played out was done sort of like in a heelish way. So it ends up between all of these women, all of these teams, like the final two in this match are Sasha Banks and Rhea Ripley and Candice and EO are supposedly injured earlier on in the match and they vanish. And so they're, they're out of the match, but then they come back uninjured to like constantly try to distract Sasha Banks, which is like what bad people do. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, the crowd wasn't having any of it anyway, right? Because really, they were I didn't all watch this whole match. Okay, so they were the crowd was for NXT the whole night. Yes, they so were. So Rhea Ripley pins Sasha Banks, hits her with the Riptide and pins her. So she is now pinned. Uh, I think she pinned Charlotte on SmackDown. She's now pinned Sasha Banks and she's pinned Shayna Baszler. So they are really putting the rocket behind Rhea Ripley. That being said. I was really angered by the fact that Candice LeRae and Io Shirai were working together like friends in this match. They're like bitter enemies just the night before and nothing has changed. I really disagree. The storyline was not continuous. Yeah. I did have an issue. Uh, The men's match I thought was a lot of fun. The men's team, did you know who was on this men's team? It is such a team. No, but it was crazy. The men's team is Tommaso Ciampa, uh, Keith Lee. Uh, Damien Priest. Weird. Uh, who's the fourth? There's a fourth. Um, Matt Riddle and Walter. Yeah. This was the team. Because why not? And Walter's in there with, like, Braun Strowman and this... Drew McIntyre. Yeah. And him this and, was disappointing. Him and Drew are ch- chopping the shit out of each other. And then, like, this is three minutes in. Drew hits him with a Claymore kick and pins Walter. He yeah, hit Walter's Wal- the first one out of that match. Yes. That makes no sense. And he hit Walter with one move. And thinking about how they built up Walter in NXT UK and all of his all of the presentations they've done with him on NXT TV and at takeovers, and he's just and and he's the UK champion. It's just like pfft, I don't know what they were thinking here. Like, if I was doing this, like, Walter and Strowman would have been, like, brawling on the floor doing big guy moves to each other. and they like Yeah, get, they would have been the last two. Yeah, or they get counted out or something. Something to protect them so they don't get pinned. Like, yes. they, they brawl and it's a count out or something. Having Walter just get pinned like this? Holy moly, I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of that in this match. Like, there's a moment where Matt Riddle pins Randy Orton. Like, a huge moment. Randy Orton's like a giant star in WWE, and Matt Riddle pinned him. But then, seconds later, Baron Corbin, of all people, pins Matt Riddle to essentially make what he just did kind of meaningless. Yeah, that was... I did not like that. The ending of this match, though, I thought was actually really great. It came down to 
uh, Seth Rollins for Raw, Roman Reigns for SmackDown, and Keith Lee, of all people, for uh, NXT. Although, if you think about it, Vince McMahon does love big guys. He does. And this crowd was so behind Keith Lee. Yeah. Uh, Keith Lee eliminates Rollins, and then it's Keith Lee and Roman Reigns, and they are actually so good together that I want to see a singles match between these two guys. Really? You want to see more Roman Reigns? Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns, <laughs> l- listen, Roman is actually not bad. He's pretty good. And when he's in there with the right guy, I've seen yeah. great Roman Reigns matches. Him and AJ Styles uh, at at one time uh, ago when AJ was fresher <laughs> in WWE. Not the AJ of today, who's not quite as good. He's lost a few steps. But AJ, yeah. when he first came in, he and Roman had some really good matches, like sort of opened my eyes to Roman Reigns. I thought he was pretty bad, but he's actually not too bad when he's in there with the right guy. Uh, Like, Keith Lee hits him. He goes to spear Keith Lee. Keith Lee pops him up, does this huge spirit bomb on Roman, uh, gets a two, and then tries for the moonsault, but Roman moves out of the way and then spears Keith Lee, like, does, like, a flip when he gets speared, and Roman pins him. And the crowd wasn't too happy about that, but they do like the fist bump afterwards. Uh, Shayna Baszler wins in the main event. Uh, the main event is Shayna, Bailey, and Becky. Uh, I didn't see this match, but I was surprised that she won. I, I was surprised that it was the main event, and I was uh, also, uh, I heard the match was actually really boring. Like, the mm. crowd was just dead for this, and uh, the finish was uh, Bailey going for the top rope elbow on Shayna, and Shayna catches her in the clutch. And chokes mm. out Bailey, and Shayna wins. I thought this would have been better if she beat Becky. Yeah. Uh, and now they do do a thing afterwards where she and Becky fight, and Becky puts her through a table or something. Oh. They like they want to set up this Becky Shayna match, but I think it would have been better if Shayna just beaten Becky. Yeah. She did the thing Ronda Rousey couldn't do. I think that would be smart, but they didn't do it. <laughs> oh, that would have been smart. But yeah, they didn't. They do don't it. think. No, they do not. Uh, so suffice it to say, Survivor Series not as good as War Games. Although the show was not horrible, uh, based off of what I saw, but War Games was a far superior show, I think for sure. As, so as was expected. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's just get this out of our system now. Next week we can go back to just regular old one show a week wrestling. Sound good? Thank God. <laughs> Okay, Uh, so that's a wrap for this week. Head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for What Comes NXT and hit subscribe. Uh, That way you can hear us come back next time talk about more NXT on the WWE and USA Networks featuring, I don't know, the fallout from War Games. That's what we're going to get. 